is in Christ. Are you in anyone? That means you're in Christ. The new creation has come. You're a new creation. The old has gone. That means everything that I was before, the insecurities, the bad words, anything that happened to me, any emotional abuse, physical abuse, mental abuse, any abuse, sexual abuse, any words that were spoken that are bad, the old is gone. The new has come. Is that good news? And all this is from God. Everything I have right now is from God. The past does not frame me unless I let it frame me. The past should not shape my future, talking about before Christ, unless I let those words shape me. If I continually believe that, then it will shape me. But I have to make a decision, that's not me. That's not the real me. That's the wrong words that have been spoken. Bad seeds, seeds that should never be planted in my heart, were planted in my heart, but God didn't want them to be in my heart. Does that make sense? When you think about who am I? Who am I really? Who are you right now? You are the sum total of everything you've ever experienced. The words that have been spoken to you, the books you have read, the movies you've watched, the friends you've hanged around with, the teachers you've had, everything you've ever had input into made you who you are now. And some of those inputs, some of those words were wrong. Bad, no, the word, no, bad seeds that should never be planted into your heart. Some of the well, who is the real me? I believe the real me is who God has created, but there'll be more out there. So when you come together, you guess what? I pray for my neighbor. I pray for my work colleague. And I pray for him. He had a backache and he got healed at work. We're going to hear those testimonies more and more. Because the church of Jesus Christ is rising up in their identity. That we actually really believe the old is God, the new has come. And all is of God. Who, this is God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. We've been reconciled to God. That word means we have been brought back to God. In every sense of the word, we're completely brought back to God. There's nothing in the way between you and your Father God. Nothing. Because Jesus paid the price of the cross. There's nothing in the way unless we believe there's something in the way. If we wrongly believe there's something in the way, then there will be something in the way. If we think, oh, but I missed up, so my shame is in the way. My shame, my guilt, all that. Then that will push you away from God because you believe that can. You understand? When I was a baby, baby Christian, studying it for 30 something years. I'm, I feel like I'm just scraping the surface. I feel like I'm just starting. I've just drank a few glasses of water of the ocean and there's so much more in the ocean to drink. So we should never think, I know, I know my identity, because then you'll stop growing. I believe this, until you and I are doing the works of Jesus, the very works of Jesus, and even greater works than Jesus, then we don't know our identity the way we should. True fruit of knowing who you are in Christ and your identity as a son and a daughter is to do the works of Jesus. Because he did that because he was the son of God. He knew his identity. Does that make sense? So until we are work, walking in the fruits of our righteousness, which is healing the sick, which is raising the dead, it's praying for people and seeing miracles, that we still need to continue to grow. And even if we are seeing miracles, we still need to continue to grow. Amen. 
So as we know who we are in Christ, we have a sense of knowing that He's with us. The Holy Spirit lives in us. Where we go, God goes. So when you walked into the room, we're not saying, Oh, Jesus, come, or Holy Spirit, would you come? He's already here. We can say, thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are here. Because we walked in the room. You walked in with God. God's Spirit is inside of you. So we've got to watch our language. So we say, Holy Spirit, we thank you that you are here. Because you said, where two or more people are gathered, you would be in the midst of us. So we take him at his word and say, Lord, we know you're already here. Even if I don't feel you, I know you're here. So that's better language than, 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 than speaking something out of your feelings. Oh, I don't feel you. So then we say, oh, God, come. God, come. Well, it's already here. It's, it's, it's a part of knowing who we are, our identity, knowing the truth about the reality of who God is to us. So when we talk about healing, I want to speak a little bit about healing. One of the things that we need to get our theology from, our belief from, is Jesus. Jesus is perfect theology about healing. Does that make sense? If it's in the life of Jesus, then he's a true reflection of God. Because Jesus says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Everything that I do is what I see the Father do. Yes, I do nothing of myself. What I see the Father do, that's what I do. So we and, and, and Hebrews talks about Jesus being the express image of God's person. So everything Jesus did is perfect theology. If Jesus said ever, you can't find it there in the Bible, but if Jesus ever said, Oh, I cannot heal you because God gave you this sickness. Is that recorded in the Bible? Never. If Jesus said, oh, but I cannot heal you because of this sin in your life. He never did that. Did Jesus ever say, oh, God um, put the sickness on you to test you. So then I can't heal you. We know he never did that. So we know that healing is the perfect will of God. Because Jesus never turned away anybody. He never said no to people. In fact, he walked he walked in the anointing, I believe, and he wants to see what the Father's doing. Because he's trying to see where the Holy Spirit is moving and where faith is. Faith is the key. Because he's, check- he's, Holy Spirit, he's checking what the Holy Spirit is doing, what the Father's doing. Because he went to um, the pool of Bethsaida, there were six people everywhere. But Jesus heals only one person. Not that he doesn't want to heal everybody else. But he, he saw the person that had faith to receive what God wanted to do. He saw the Father do that, and he knew that this person had faith to receive, and he operated with what he saw. Does that make sense? And that's true of him walking around. There were times he's walking around the street in, in um, say, uh, it was in Jericho and so on, packed everywhere Jesus went, there was thousands of people pushing into him. And he walks past, sometimes he walks past sick people. Other times a blind Bartimaeus cried out. And he heard about Jesus. Blind Bartimaeus would have heard that Jesus did healings. They would have told him the stories. He heard that Jesus is a miracle worker. This this healer from Nazareth is a prophet from God. He's the Messiah, some say. He's healing people. So when blind Bartimaeus hears it, it's, what's happening? It's a crowd coming. What's happening? It's Jesus. Jesus is walking through. Jesus, Jesus of Nazareth, have mercy on me. 
Jesus, son of David, he even said. He knew that he was the son of David. And he's crying out, have mercy on me. And everybody says, shh, quiet. Don't disturb the Messiah. Don't disturb the master. They're trying to hush him. But the more they tried to hush him, the more he cried out. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Walking past. The Bible says, as Jesus heard him cry out, Jesus stood still. I believe Jesus sensed and knew faith. That's faith. People tried to shut him up. People tried to tell him to be quiet. And he's crying out even more. And so he turns around and says, bring him to me. Blind Bartimaeus is told, the master's calling you. He throws off the cloak that is a license to beg. Because he knows I don't need it anymore. License to beg because he's blind. You had to have a license with a special cloak. And so he throws it off. And, go, and they then take him to Jesus. And Jesus says, what do you want me to do? He says, I may receive my sight. So Jesus specifically asks, he wants to see, does this guy have the faith to receive? He says, yes, I want to receive my sight. And Jesus bid unto you. Bang. So Jesus saw that he had faith to be healed. That's true of when Jesus was in, a, in a someone's house. It's probably a big house like this. In those days, they had a house and, and the flat roof and, and, and you know, big homes. And, and the Bible says Jesus was teaching. There was teachers of the law there. There were Pharisees. It was packed. It was so full that you couldn't get anybody else in. But you know the story. One person that was crippled in a stretcher, he couldn't get himself to Jesus. So he tells his friends, and his friends also had faith. And they said, if we get him to Jesus, we know he's going to get healed. So they heard the story about Jesus, that he's a miracle worker. So these guys are now uh, thinking and planning, we've got to get him to Jesus. So they would have walked, grabbed this, grabbed this man in a stretcher. I even believe that the man probably said, hang on a sec, stop, get my shoes. I'm going to need my shoes. Why? He's got faith and expectation. So they grab his shoes. He's never walked before. And they grab him and they take him to this where Jesus is and they try to get him through the front door, packed, full of people like this, shoulder to shoulder. What are you doing? You can't, there's no room in here, no space. You're not invited. Whatever they said, they couldn't get him in. Maybe they tried the back door, couldn't get him in. It's full. Maybe they looked at the windows. Can we get him through the windows? I mean, you're not going to go straight to the roof. You would check any other avenue and Get the windows and everyone's full, jam-packed. Can't get nobody in. They could have easily given up. They could have thought, well, it mustn't be the will of God. If it was the will of God, God would have made a way. They could have walked away discouraged. But faith doesn't do that. Faith is determined. Faith has a heart of, you know what, I'm going to get what I, what I believe God wants me to have. Obstacles. People stop at me. I'm going to keep going until I get it. So they thought, let's get, let's get up on the roof. This is pretty radical. Let's get on someone else's roof. We need to find rope. And this wasn't planned. They had to go find rope to tie up the stretcher. And they had to go up someone else's roof, risk the person's life, get up on the roof, open up someone else's roof and tiles. And the owner of the house must be sitting there and sees dust coming through. Someone opened up his roof thinking, what are they doing? They're wrecking my house. What are they doing? And Jesus is teaching. I believe Jesus is teaching and looking and, and he probably realized, oh, the Bible says Jesus saw their faith. So he's reading, watching what the Father's doing. 
And he goes, you can see this faith. And I believe Jesus saw it, but this is going to be a good object lesson. He's probably teaching about the forgiveness of God, because we talk, he brings that up. And then when they finally bring him down, the Bible says Jesus saw their faith, and he goes, what's harder to do, to forgive sins, or to say, take up your bed and walk? By this time, the man's on the, on the, on the stretcher in front of everybody, Oh, everyone's attention is on him. And I believe he's lying down with face expectation, ready to walk. Like, as soon as Jesus prays for me, I'm going to walk. He's not like disinterested going, yes, is this really going to work? He really believes. To go through all that means he believes. He's got a heart of expectation. And Jesus knows. All I have to say is take up your bed. That would be the command. That would be the switch of faith. Just all I have to say is, take up your bed. And the man's got enough faith to act on it. And as he acts on it, follow everybody, God's power touches his body and heals him. Because faith is the connecting factor of the power of God to the person. Faith. It's like right now, we've got electricity coming through. We've got lights. We've got power. There's power in there. You know that? There's power lines out there. There's a power station somewhere generating electricity, flowing all the way to the power lines on the streets, going into the um, building, into the lines, and there should be a switch somewhere, and the switch is to cut the power off. And when you flip the switch, the power flows, electricity flows to go to the light bulb with the power. So the switch is faith. I believe that with all my heart. Because every miracle you see was like that. It's faith. And sometimes it's the blind man comes for healing and Jesus asks, what should I do? And he gets dirt. The guy wants prayer. And the guy's crying. Oh, what are you praying for? Jesus is going to pray for me. And Jesus says, dirt in his eyes. That would hurt. And Jesus says, go wash in the pool of Shalom. Now the guy's got two things to do. He'd go, what are you doing? I want to pray. Like, why did you put dirt in my eyes for? Or he's got enough faith to go, the Messiah, the Son of the living God says to wash and I'll be healed. And he starts looking for the water. He has to find the pool. That's faith. He's got expectation. Once he finds the pool, he washes. And as he washes, he gets healed. That was a point of contact. The other time it's command, point of contact. Stand up on your feet. Other time it was a spoken word. Be healed, point of contact. Every time there was a point of contact. When Paul, the apostle, was in Lystra, Book of Acts, chapter 14, he's in a big packed out place, probably hundreds and hundreds of people. He's preaching, preaching and preaching, building faith. And the Bible says Paul perceived this person, he had faith to be healed. The man has never walked in his life 38 years. If you never walked in your life, you'd be skin and bones, no muscle. You've never used your legs. But he's a grown man, 38 years, never walked in his life. And Paul's preaching and he perceives. I don't know how he perceives. He sees he has faith to be healed. But he's not healed. Faith to be healed, but not healed. He must have seen on his face, maybe, maybe. 
When you get to heaven, you're going to ask Paul. Paul, did you see that his face or was his face like this? Maybe his face started to lit up. Maybe his faith started to show faith and expectation. And Paul, the guy's not healed though. Faith to be healed, but not healed. Power's flowing, but the switch hasn't turned on. And Paul, in front of everybody, has the faith to say, stand up on your feet and walk. He gives a command. The command was the switch of faith. The man, as he acts on it, as he acts on it, not, not feels the power. He didn't feel the power first. As he acts on it, the power hit him. And he walks. He gets healed. That's the same, you know, we're talking about the, 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 the house with the roof. The Bible says the presence of the Lord was present to heal, but no one was healed. Only one man. Presence of the Lord was present to heal. Now there's the power of God's flowing. It's there, but it wasn't connected. Until Jesus says, take up your bed and walk. So all the miracles of Jesus, first of all, is perfect theology. Because he never turned anyone away. And we see that he connects with what he sees the Father do. He listens to the Holy Spirit and then he does what he sees the Father do. And every situation was different. There wasn't a formula. There wasn't like a formula for a blind healing. Because one time he puts mud in their eyes. Another time he spat in their eyes. Always different. What I love about Jesus, there was a time where... They're walking down the street with a big crowd, all the disciples around. And there was a, a Phoenician woman, it's like a Greek woman, not a, Gent, not, a, not a Jewish lady, but a Gentile woman who had a daughter that was demon-possessed. She also heard about Jesus and heard that he was a miracle worker. She's thinking, my daughter's tormented by demons. If I can get to Jesus, maybe I can convince him to pray and set my daughter free. So she's so desperate, she comes to Jesus and tries to get to Jesus, but can't. disciples are there, and she's bugging the disciples. She's disturbing the disciples and says, oh, let me get to Jesus. And the disciple says, Lord, finally, Lord, tell the woman to go away. Why? Because she's not a Jew. She doesn't have a covenant with God. Tell her to go away. And so Jesus says, first of all, he ignores the box. First of all, he ignores her. But she's persistent. She keeps trying. She keeps pushing it. To me, her persistence is showing her faith. She's not giving up. He says, and then she begs, she finally gets to Jesus, falls on her knees, but more likely it says, Jesus, please, please deliver my daughter. And, she says, and Jesus says, it's not right to give children's bread to dogs. Referring to people that don't have a covenant with God, you're not a child of God, you're outside of the covenant, and he used the word dog. Now, first of all, let me bring this out. Jesus saw deliverance, healing, as children's bread. This is very, very important, how Jesus saw healing and deliverance, children's bread. It's not right to give children's bread. In other words, Whenever we ask the Father to heal people, we're only asking for children's bread. Now, if you're a mother or a father, you have children, how willing are you to give them food? Do you ever think, nah, I'm not going to give them food today? <laughs> Do you ever think bad, evil thoughts? No! You always want to give your children food. It's the right. It's the God-given right. You always want to feed them food. You never think, I'm not going to feed them today. You so lovingly want to feed them. Jesus saw healing like that. I want to give my children 
Children's food. Children's bread. How to feed them. I'm so lovingly. So I believe in the heart of God, God so much wants to give healing. We've got to be convinced of this. If we think, oh God, if it's your will, do you imagine Jesus praying like that? Father, if it's your will to heal this person, he never prayed like that. He was commanded. He knew he had authority over sickness. He knew he had authority over disease. So he commanded. Amen? And so she said, but Lord, even the dogs eat just from the crumbs that fall from the master's table. She's like admitting, I know I don't have a covenant with God. I'm outside of the covenant. I don't belong to the right people, the right children of Israel have covenant. But just, the, even the dogs eat the crumbs that from the master's table, the real one. And the Lord was impressed and touched. I believe he was touched and realized that's faith. And when he saw, I believe the smile came on his face. And it's like, be done to you. It's like he granted it because he saw faith. Does it make sense? Regardless that she was outside the covenant, she drew on the power of God because of the faith. So we just see lessons that Jesus operated as a man in covenant with God. Jesus didn't heal anybody because he was God. He was God, but he emptied himself of the privilege of being God and operated like a man as a man in covenant and relationship with God. That's the reason that Jesus said, the works that I do, shall you do also. How could he say that if he was operating as God and not as a man? We've got to believe the right theology. We have to believe the right stuff to work the miracles that he did. Because Jesus himself says, the works that I do, shall you do also. Why? Because I go to the Father. There's that righteousness again. I stand in the presence of God on your behalf. Because of that, you have righteousness. Go out and heal. And do greater works than me. Amen? Amen. So when we believe the right stuff, we don't have something hidden in our minds or maybe God doesn't want to heal. Maybe he heals this person, doesn't want to heal that person. Now one of the other examples that comes to mind is Jesus was up in the mountain of transfiguration with Peter, James and John. And you know the story, he's praying to the Father and he starts to glow and his clothes start to shine like bright light and his face starts to shine like the sun. The glory of God comes out of Jesus. Moses and Elijah comes. He talks to them about him dying on the cross. The cloud, the bright shining cloud of God's glory comes in. God the Father speaks. This is my beloved son. Listen to him. I mean, this powerful prayer time, isn't it? This is one of Jesus' prayer time. He's praying with the Father. This is the encounter. I believe he had many of those encounters personally. He just happened to show off with Peter, James and John and wanted to show them a bit of an encounter. But anyway, he comes down from this experience. That, that morning, from that encounter that night, a man had a, a boy that had a spirit that was casting him into the water, trying to kill him, casting him into the fire, trying to kill him. Some people say it was epileptic, but I believe it's a, obviously it's a demon. The Bible says it's a demon. But it was throwing him down and frothing at the mouth. And, and so he, this father was trying to get the son delivered and the disciples were praying for him. So they were praying and praying and praying and praying. I don't know how long they tried to pray, but it doesn't tell us. And they're trying to pray for the boy to get set free and delivered. It got to the place where they couldn't get him delivered. 
So, I mean, we could at that point go, ah, oh, mustn't be God's will. Because we try. We pray and pray and pray. Maybe God doesn't want to heal. It's easy to think that. But the story goes on that the father grabs that boy, brings him to Jesus. Jesus comes from that mountain. Brings him to Jesus and says, Jesus, I brought my boy. He's suffering this demon and is trying to kill him. I brought him to your disciples and they could not heal him. Please have mercy on us. And he basically says, please help my unbelief. Yeah, you know, Jesus says, if you believe, all things are possible to them who believe. And then he says, but Jesus, help my unbelief. And so Jesus pretty much says, bring the boy to me. Oh, you perverse generation. Perverse means twisted. Oh, unbelieving generation. He's just come from the presence of God, power of God, secret place. In his mind, this is the easiest thing in the world. It's nothing to God. Now, my question is this. When he prays for the person, the Bible says he just spoke to that demon, a demon left, and he instantly got set free. Instantly. My question to us, did God change his mind? Did God say no to the disciples? I don't want to heal him. I don't want to heal him. I don't want to heal him. Oh, now Jesus is praying. Oh, yes, I do want to heal him. I don't believe God changed his mind at all. God always wanted to heal him and deliver him. It's children's bread. He always wants to. The disciples didn't have the faith to do it, obviously, at that point. And Jesus did. So when they're at home, the disciples says, Lord, what happened? Why couldn't we heal him? Why couldn't we set him free? Jesus says, look, this one does not come out. Yes, all, all things are possible to them who believe. Yes, but basically says because of your lack of faith. Because all things are possible to them who believe. But this one does not come out except through prayer and fasting. Now, did Jesus run away to pray and fast? He was living a lifestyle of that place of faith. A lifestyle. He didn't go, hang on a step, let me run away, I better pray and fast. Now, he was in that place. He's basically saying, your faith is not in the right place. You need to pray and fast and your faith will build up and then you cast that devil out because that devil is just a higher ranking devil. It's not willing to just go like that. You need to get to a place of faith and then it'll listen and bang, set free. It, what I'm trying to say, wasn't God, it was always God's will. God did not change his mind. But in those cases, we would say, oh, it wasn't the will of God. We've got to be convinced it's God's will to heal everybody. If they don't get healed, we might not know the answer. We don't have to know the answer. Don't say, oh, it's your faith, you didn't get healed. That's not encouraging. It's not helpful. It'll actually hurt them anyway. If we don't know the reason, we, we need to ask God, what is it, Lord? Is there something in the way? Is it unforgiveness that's in the way? Is it, is it, is it bitterness? Is it unbelief? What is it, Lord? But don't, don't blame them. It's very important to walk in love in everything we do. Amen? And we, we walk, our faith will grow from faith to faith and from glory to glory. And little by little, we'll start to see greater and greater miracles. Amen? Wonderful. So now we, I'm going to ask Sally to come up. And she's going to, we're going to activate and practice healing on each other. Amen? Amen. Thanks, Leo. Let's give Leo a big clap. So as you are aware, I believe, we are from GGC Live School of the Supernatural. And at School of the Supernatural, not only do we listen to teaching, but we also activate and do what we're taught. 
So we've just heard Pastor Leo give our amazing message about our identity so we know who we are. And if we know that we're sons and daughters, we know that we're qualified. We have authority. And that's what Leo's been talking about. We have the authority to lay our hands on the sick and see them healed in Jesus' name. And that's what the Great Commission says, isn't it? It says, lay your hands on the sick and they will be healed. It doesn't say that maybe sometimes they'll be healed or occasionally they'll be healed. It says they will be healed. And that's what we have to believe. And that's what uh, Pastor Leo was talking about. At School of Supernatural, uh, we have students come from all different churches, all different ages, and all different places in their walks with God. And we are seeing, each one of them is seeing miracle signs and wonders released as they lay their hands on the sick. But we're all in training, we're all learning. Pastor Leo doesn't know everything, he's still learning from God. I certainly don't know everything, even as a leader of one of, at the school. So it doesn't matter if you don't have lots of experience. I haven't been to Bible school. I haven't got any uh, formal qualifications. But what I do have is the power of the Holy Spirit, the same power of the Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, I have in me. And so do you. And Jesus, the Word of God says that all believers, Hands up if you're believers today. Amen. Yes. Well, then you all have the same power of the Holy Spirit in you. Therefore, you have what it takes to lay your hands on the sick and see them healed in Jesus' name. At um, GGC, we have we teach our little children this big. We're teaching them how to pray for the sick. We're teaching them how to prophesy. Because they have the same Holy Spirit in them that we do. They don't have less of the Holy Spirit than we do. It's the same Holy Spirit. And as Pastor Leo was saying, it's stepping into knowing who we are and doing it. A lot of people will say, oh, it's all right. Well, I never see anybody healed. I'm not seeing that. Oh, that's not for me. And I always ask the question, well, how many people are you praying for? You're not going to see anybody healed if you're not laying hands on anyone, are you? It's something that we have to step into and we have to do. And as we do it more and more and more, then we will begin to see more and more people healed. But if you're not laying hands on anyone, you're never going to see it. So hands up today who's hungry to see miracle signs and wonders as they pray. Amen. Come on, that's why we're here. That's why we're here today. We're in at the School of the Supernatural. So we're here to learn. It doesn't matter if we don't get it right because today we're in training. We're teaching you. And at GGC, our heart is to go into the nations to equip the body of Christ. We come here to, uh, to love on you and to pray for you ourselves. But one of the main things that we want to do is equip you so that when we go home, we've left a deposit here so that you can Step into the destiny that God has called you to. For yourselves, for your churches, and so that you then can teach your children, those in your community, how to do the same thing. And we are, um, as Pastor Leo said, our model is Jesus. And he went around loving people, didn't he? He went around loving people. He went around teaching on the word. But not only was he teaching, he was demonstrating the power of the gospel. 
the power of the gospel. And in the age today where we're at, we need to release the power of the gospel so that people will say, wow, you know, I just saw that miracle. Can you tell me more about Jesus? Um, at our church and as part of the school, we put a tent up uh, in a marketplace and we put up on the tent healing. We put up their uh, spiritual readings and people are coming into the tent that don't know Jesus because their bodies are in pain. They want to be healed. And we lay hands on them and we just pray in the name of Jesus and their bodies are being healed, their minds are being healed, their hearts are being set free. And as their bodies are being changed, they say, what is that spirit that you're releasing? What is that? And we say, it's the spirit of Jesus. And they want to know more, more, because their body's been changed and they want to know more about Jesus. So there's power when miracle signs and wonders are released. There's power when people's bodies are healed. And as believers, as Jesus' hands and feet, each one of us are his hands and feet. And Jesus needs each of us. You know, I can only reach so many people. Brother, you can reach different people than I can reach. You can reach more people than I can reach. But together, we can be an army for Jesus. But each one needs to stand up and take their place. Gone are the days where it's only the pastor at the front that prays for sick, or the elders or the deacons. Today, Jesus is calling the body of Christ to stand up and to be counted. And Jesus needs each one of us. And saying that I'm too shy or they don't, don't have what it takes is not good enough. You know, one day we're going to stand before God and we want to be able to him to say to us, well done, good and faithful servant. You don't want to stand here and phone and say, oh, look, sorry, God, I was too shy. Oh, I was too shy. I, was too, I didn't really have the words. I'm too quiet. I was too busy. No. The Jesus is, uh, the the... Jesus' words in the Bible are clear. He said, lay your hands on the sick and they will be healed. He said, go into the nations. And round you, there's a mission field right here. You don't have to go overseas. Your mission field is all around you. And today we just want to encourage you that each one is qualified. Each one has what it takes. But you have to step up and you have to just do it. Do as you're commanded. And as believers, you have what it takes inside of you. Amen? Okay? We want to activate you so that you can lay each hands on each other and see each other healed. Alright? So I'm going to ask Jade to come up. We just have another microphone. And we want to demonstrate how this is done. Now as Pastor Leo was saying, we don't pray prayers that beg Jesus to heal. Why? Because he's already taken away our sicknesses and says, by his stripes and wounds we are healed, doesn't it? So not begging him to do something he's already done. So Jesus didn't beg the Father to heal someone. He commanded things to happen, as Pastor Leo demonstrated in his talk. So we want to pray commanding prayers. We don't want to be begging Jesus for doing something that he's already done. We don't have to have flowering words. We don't have to have long, flourishing prayers. We have to have short prayers. And especially as we're praying for people in the marketplace, 
You want to be able to go and you see your brother working at the store and you see that they're in pain. You want to be able to go and just say, in the name of Jesus, I command the sickness to go. In the name of Jesus, I command your back to be healed. That's the prayer. We don't have to have lots of words. We don't need anything else but to know who we are, to pray in faith, as Pastor Leo said, and to release power from heaven. And remember, we are not the healer. The pressure's not on us. A lot of people feel pressure, but the pressure's not on us. Are we healers? Are we? Can we heal anyone on our own? No. It's the power of God within us. Jesus is the healer. We are his hands and feet. So my hand, I believe when I put on Jay, I'm believing. But I am not the healer. Jesus is the healer. I am just the channel through which the power of God is released. All right? So all pressure off us because I can't heal anyone. I'm Sally. I'm just from Australia. I'm a mother with four kids. But what I am, I am a vessel with the Holy Spirit and I can release power from heaven because I know who I am. I'm a daughter of the Most High God. about your identity so you know that you're sons and daughters. You know you have the same power of the Holy Spirit in you. The Bible tells us that. The same Holy Spirit that rose Jesus from the dead. Therefore, we have all that we need. We don't need anything else. We just need to step up and say, okay, Jesus, use me. Use me. Use me. That's what we need. Okay, so Jay uh, is going to demonstrate now how it is to maybe to approach someone and pray for someone. Hello, my name's Jade. What's your name? Uh, Sally. Hi. Hi. Hey, how are you? Is your shoulder okay? I noticed you seem to be swimming. Yeah, I, I'm um, actually feeling really tired across the shoulders and I'm actually, actually pain across my back today as well. Yeah. yeah. Can I pray for you, actually? I've seen so many people healed in the in the name of Jesus. Oh, have you? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Can I lay hands? Yeah, what, what are you actually doing? Oh, I'm just going to ask Jesus to come and, and pray for healing for your shoulder, for all the pain to go. Okay. Yeah. Do I need to do anything? Oh, no, not at all. Just um, I'm just going to lay hands where it hurts if you're comfortable with that. Okay. Keep your eyes open and, yeah, it'll be very quick as well. Okay. Yeah, sure. In the name of Jesus, I command all pain in the shoulder and the back to go. Amen. Sally, how are you feeling? Can you test it out? Uh, I feel, it feels a lot looser. Actually, it feels a lot lighter. Praise God. I've actually uh, been been bending over, praying for a lot of people for the last two weeks. I'm actually, actually a lot of pain in my shoulders. Actually feels a lot lighter already. Wow, that's wow. amazing. That's awesome. But still a little bit, yeah. still a little bit, still a bit, a little bit tight, but a lot, a lot looser. Okay, can I pray again for hundred percent healing? Yeah, yeah that would be great. Amazing. Jesus, thank you for what you've already done. We just pray now for 100%. I command 100% healing in the name of Jesus in your mind, body, and spirit. Shoulder pain, go. Back pain, go. Oh, wow, that feels awesome. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, that's great. Thank you. Well, yeah, praise God. Praise Jesus. Jesus. Okay, that's the What was she doing when she put her hand on me 
She was believing that she was releasing power from heaven through my hands. Okay, because all we do, we know that we have the power of God within us. So when we lay our hands, we believe that the power of God is being released. Not the power of Sally. Nothing that I can conjure up. It's not about my holiness. It's not about if I'm feeling like in a good mood today. It's not about our feelings. It's about the power of God being released through us, knowing that we are sons and daughters of the Most High God. So you might be feeling tired. Let me tell you, we're tired. We've been here for 10 days or so. But it's not about us. It's about us. I know that I'm putting my hand on Jane, whether I'm tired or not, and I'm releasing the power from heaven to see her heal in Jesus' name. Not about how my feelings are, if I have a good day or a bad day. Pastor Lee, I mentioned that to be in a place of holiness uh, helps release power uh, and, and fills us up to overflowing, but it doesn't depend on the healing, okay? So we just have to know when I put my hand on Jade that I am releasing power from heaven. When we put our tent up in Sydney in demonic festivals, so we go where there's witches and there's all sorts of demonic activity and there we put up our prayer tent, when we're there, we don't pray uh, holy prayers because those people will get turned off. But we know when I put my hand on you and I release the power of the Spirit for them, I know that I'm releasing power from heaven. It doesn't matter what words are coming out of my mouth. It's just knowing who I am. And in these demonic festivals, we're seeing these witches and these demons being hit, demonic uh, people that are practicing demonic practices being healed. They're being healed by the power of God. And when their bodies are transformed, they want to know about that spirit. What is that? When we tell them it's Jesus, they want to know more. And so many of them are giving their hearts to God, laying down their witchcraft, weighing down the things that, uh, that they've been practicing, and they're following Jesus. But it's the power of God within us that we're releasing. Okay? Maybe, Jade, you can uh, demonstrate how if, we, if I had a headache or something troubling in my mind, how we would pray. Sure. Um, I'm noticing maybe this, maybe attack. Are you having critical thoughts or depression in your mind, Sally? Can I pray for you? Yeah, I've just been feeling a bit down lately, you know, um, and I, I do have a bit of a headache at the moment. Yeah, okay. Well, why don't I lay hands on your head and ask Jesus to heal your mind, the pain and the thoughts? Great. In the name of Jesus, as it command all pain in the head to go. And just bless you with love, joy, and peace. All depression, go. All anxiety, go. In the name of Jesus, you have the mind of Christ. You have love, peace, and a sound mind in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. See how simple it was. So she commanded the depression to leave, the anxiety, the headache, whatever is going on in your head, and then she released the truth. It's as simple as that. We just have to know who we are. We have to know that we're releasing power from heaven as we lay our hands. What about Jade demonstrating maybe someone that's had a 
relationship problems or broken heart, something like that. Yeah, sure. Um, Sally, is there maybe unforgiveness in your heart? I'm, I'm seeing hurt, something hurting your heart at this moment. Maybe God's telling me about that. Yeah, there is uh, actually somebody in my work at work that's really hurt me and find it hard to, to forgive them. Yeah. Can I pray with you for that? Yeah. Yeah, I believe Jesus wants to free your heart. Okay. Yeah? Um, so maybe can you put your hand on your heart? Jesus, I just ask for your love to come and to fill Sally's heart and to fill every part of her heart that hurts. Sally, can you sense Jesus? Yeah, I'm feeling like a, like a, a peace or a, a release. Yeah, that peace is, is Jesus because he's the Prince of Peace. Um, and I believe he wants to help you with forgiving your friend from work. Do you feel ready to, to be able to forgive? Yeah, I'd like to let them go. Great. So repeat after me. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I choose to forgive. I choose to forgive. My friend. My friend. From work. From work. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Lord, we just bless Sally with your peace and your love. We thank you that you love her and you want freedom for her. So we just bless her, mind, body, and spirit, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Yes. Hallelujah. So this is for all of us. It's, it's simple. Okay, we just have to know who we are and know that we're releasing power from heaven and that we are not the healers. Jesus is the healer.